Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Drill Down. We've got business stories behind stocks on the move. I'm Corey Johnson. October 18 gives us episode number 119. Well, just ahead, Zillow finds that flipping houses in a bull market isn't as easy as it looked. And Albertsons gives us all a lesson on how to raise prices on the items that people don't notice. And Chromadex says it's got anti-aging pills. Yeah, we're going to hear about it from the CEO of this $400 million company. Rob Freed sat down with us at the LD Micro Conference. We'll have that conversation. But first... It's sponsor time. The Drill Down is brought to you by Era. Never miss another critical event or insight ever. With Era, customize your company watch list and track key events, mentions, filings, and more, all within an easy-to-use, customizable interface. That's Era. A-I-E-R-A dot com. And you can listen to The Drill Down every day. That's easier on your smart speaker. Just ask your smart speaker to play The Drill Down podcast and listen to our latest show. And the drill down is brought to you by Brain Trust, a global talent network that matches highly skilled technical freelancers with the world's most reputable brands. Brain Trust has helped clients like Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, Porsche, Under Armour, and more build agile tech teams fast at a fraction of the cost. Visit Braintrust.com. That's B-R-A-I-N-T-R-U-S-T.com to learn more. All right, I'm Corey Johnson. Welcome to the drill down. We've got the business stories behind stocks and move. Joining me as always, executive producer Isaac Webster. Isaac. Been a great weekend. What are the three most important developments in the world of business today? Well, Corey, let's start with industrial production. Industrial production in the U.S. declined in September. That's as supply chain disruptions in the auto industry and lingering effects of Hurricane Ida weighed on manufacturing and mining output. Industrial production inc- includes output at factory mining and utility companies. September's decline is the sharpest since February. And motor vehicle parts, motor vehicle and parts production decreased 7.2% amid the shortage of semiconductors that we've been talking about. I saw some statistics over the weekend about the number of cars out there. Uh, I didn't have time to fact check them, so I won't repeat the numbers exactly. But the actual cars on lots available to be sold are just fractions of what they were and are in a normal year. Um, it's just remarkable. I, uh, I've just been tooling around considering a new car, looking on, on some of the sites online. And I'm just, I, you know, I don't look for cars a lot of, uh, often, but I can't believe how few there are out there. Yeah, we're actually in the market for a new car as well. And um, we've been told that we have to wait a year. Really? For the car that we want. Yeah. Which, uh, no thanks. <laughs> All right, us? let's move on. Wait, I want to China. Know. I want to know that? now. You it's a Mercedes. A There's a Mercedes that we like. And, you know, Mercedes, they're all sold out, huh. at least down here in L.A. Uh, and now want a new one. On. Yeah, we want a new one. You know yeah. you drive a lot of the value right off the lot. Well, we'll lease. We don't, we don't like to buy them. 
Um, China. China's economy grew 4.9% in the third quarter from a year prior. That's a sharp slowdown from the second quarter's 7.9% rate. The deceleration reflected a range of factors, including a crackdown on the, technolo- on the technology, private education, real estate sectors, power shortages, and disruptions to the supply chain. So um, the uh, investors were certainly watching that this morning. Yeah, I mean, you know, the way the daily move of the market now, I mean, it was it was a couple, uh, what, 20 basis points, 30 basis points off of last quarter. Um, or you said 7.9% last quarter, sorry, uh, uh, 5.9%. Last quarter was 7.9%, and then this most recent quarter, 4.9%. So, so 300 that's basis a, point difference, but off the off the pandemic, maybe less stimulus. We'll see. We'll really see. I think the big question here is what's going to happen. Are the banks going to lend like they have in China when they're largely controlled by the government uh, after if if the big notes come due for Evergrande uh, this weekend and can't be repaid? Or the Chinese government lets it fail. Right, Exactly. Now, and finally, let's get to Bitcoin. This week, and actually tomorrow, Tuesday morning as we speak, uh, ProShares will launch a long-awaited exchange-traded fund on the New York Stock Exchange linked to Bitcoin futures. It is the first of its kind, and this ETF will give investors exposure to Bitcoin without having to hold the cryptocurrency directly. Huge deal. Um, the, if, the, the, the take of the professional Bitcoin um, and other crypto investors has been for years. If just one percent, or just ten, one yeah. tenth of one percent of all assets, invest, institutional assets, go into crypto, the market will do whatever. Uh, and this has been the the I've been hearing this for years, five years at least. Um, but it looks like this really is is maybe one of the biggest steps for that to happen. Corey, what stocks are you drilling down on today? I would like to look at. Albertsons, Boise, Idaho's Albertsons. Albertsons trades under ACI. Shares rose 3% today and they've gained 105% over the past 12 months. Tell us what's going on with Albertsons. Well, do you, so what was the grocery store uh, when you were growing up uh, there in St. Louis? Uh, well, I grew up in rural Missouri, not actually St. Louis. Okay. Um, but, oh God, I don't, I mean, we went to Walmart. Yeah? Yeah. When I was little and we were near Chicago, it was Jewel. Uh huh. Jewel Osco, right? The drugstore. Okay. Um, it, we had Not White familiar, but in, okay. in Rochester, where I spent a lot of time in, in uh, New York, we had different things. But, you know, the, the Albertsons chain uh, has grown so much beyond Albertsons. It's Albertsons and Safeway, principally mm-hmm. Vons down where you are. Um, right. Jewel well, we have Albertsons as well. Yeah. Uh, right. Shaw's, Acme, Tom Thumb, Randall's, United Supermarkets, uh, King Food Markets, um, Balducci. You know, Balducci's oh. from New York. Yeah. It's yeah. All, they own Balducci? All Albertsons. Oh, wow. Balducci's mm-hmm. Food Lovers Market. Yes. Well, uh, this this is a, is a conglomerate of conglomerates uh, when it comes to um, all things supermarket based. That's not an oxymoron. Uh, and they announced an earnings uh, result uh, today that was pretty positive. Um, uh, same store sales up 1.5% during the fiscal second quarter. Uh, and of course, you know, there were questions. Um, what you know, what pandemic habits would continue? Um, and these guys saw that people are cooking meals at home. It's really good for their business, very profitable for them. Their their profits uh, were fantastic. They raised their dividends. Um, and as I mentioned, uh, revenue is about 5%, same store sales up 1.5%. Well, how do you do that? You, you, you add some stores, you acquire some stores, and you raise prices in ways that don't scare consumers off. 
So I thought it was a really interesting comment with the new uh, CFO, Sharon McCollum, who'd come from Best Buy. And in her experience at Best Buy, there were certain items that if you raise the prices, boy, your customer knew it was a lightning rod product. They knew that that price had gone up. And that's certainly true. I always thought it was stupid, Isaac, in, grocery, in, in gasoline, right? Price of gas goes up. People drive around blocks and blocks to try to find three cents lower to top off the tank. That's such a huge pet peeve that my dad used to do. He Everyone's dad did that. Oh my God, Everyone's he constantly talk that. about it. Um, well, if I just drive two more blocks, it's five cents less. Dad, give me a break. Give me a break. Well, so so there are those things in grocery. I think that yeah. they are, what would you guess? I'm guessing eggs, milk, butter. Well, I'm guessing what, are you, are you asking me to guess what goes up? A couple oh, what pennies? are the things that people notice if it goes up? Oh, well, product. people notice milk, I think. Milk and eggs, for sure. Okay. Cheeses, so what, so bread. what Albertsons is doing, Sharon McCollum, the CFO, said, is they are avoiding raising prices in those lightning rod products where people remember uh, what the price is, where customers feel the price change. So a smart retailer won't raise prices on those lightning rod products, but raise prices or, as, as Albertsons likes to say it, invest in pricing in those non-lightning rod products where the customer might not notice it so much. Here's Sharon McCullough. Lightning rod products. We might call them something different in the grocery space, but there are products that we offer in our store that mentally customers are consistently benchmarking. And to the extent that we see that, of course, we are going to be reacting uh, because that is what is good for our customer. So it is different in every category. We have a much more expansive number of products that we offer. And I would say that you will continue to see us invest in surgical ways into pricing over time where it makes sense to do it. Invest in pricing, yes. That means jack prices. Maybe I really like notice. that phrase, invest in pricing. That's very smart. It's, I mean, it's very, very business school. I, it's brilliant. I think you're going to be teaching courses on that. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe I should have done that at my last job. I should have sat down with the boss and said, uh, instead of asking for a raise, I should have said, I think you need to invest in pricing. <laughs> pricing my paycheck. Corey, what is your next drill down? Let's look at Zillow. Big changes afoot at Zillow. Yeah. Zillow trades under Z. Shares fell 9% today, and Zillow shares have lost 12% in a year. And then in today we got some market. Zillow news. Yeah, yeah, almost all that lost today. As you yeah. mentioned, 9% big move. Well, uh, Bloomberg had a big scoop uh, that uh, over the weekend that Zillow's getting out of the home flipping business. They had made a big push into automated using their supposedly magic technology for home pricing, identifying pricing where they could go and quickly buy houses, flip those houses. Um, and uh, they responded when the reporter found out about this, this, that we we're getting out of this business, saying that it was beyond their operational capacity in their offers business. Principally, they couldn't get the labor to fix the houses up after they buy them. So they're now just transfer homeowners want to sell they're hooking them up with agents just like they used to. Um, now, this seems to be poor planning, right? Where the, where the company uh, just 
couldn't seem to acquire the the handy uh, uh, men that were going to fix up the houses after they'd acquired them so they could quickly turn them around and get them right back in the market. There's also this notion, Isaac, that, I, that, that Zillow is a high-tech business. I remember touring their offices with uh, Spencer Rickoff, the um, former CEO of the company, guy that I like quite a bit. And I was blown away that they had this room that was like a boiler room of cold callers, just calling agents, trying to get them to advertise on the Zillow site next to the Zillow listings. And that there was an operation here that wasn't entirely technical, that it really was an old-fashioned call center, big huh. part of their business. But, yeah. uh, you know, the question was raised, you know, even recently, we had the uh, chief operating officer, uh, Jerry Waxman, talking at an investor conference, talking about, you know, is this a business that's good in a bull market, but maybe tough in a not bull market? And they were, and, and today's move makes you wonder too, were they just getting in over their heads if, Prices aren't going straight up. Can they still do it? Can the inventory pricing that they were able to record on their balance sheet because the prices of the homes are going up so quickly, could that be good in a bear market? Could that be good in a sideways housing market? Um, Waxman just weeks ago was saying it was great business in any market. You know, some of the inventory growth uh, timing was just based on the fastest home price appreciation we any of us had ever seen before uh, and much stronger than both our internal and other third-party forecasts we're saying at the beginning of the year. So keeping up with rising home price appreciation, both on our acquisition side and then finding that price in the markets we're in, you know, that continued to be a new and unique challenge coming out of the pandemic. Um, but I will say what we've learned is that this business, Zillow offers, is a business that exists across all housing market cycles, right? And, and that's been a question that we've, t that we've touched on over the past few years is, is Zillow offers more interesting in a hot or a cold or a medium market? Zillow offers is a really interesting opportunity for our customers in all markets. Or not, because they're out of that business already, at least for now. Um, tough business buying and selling houses. Yeah. Corey, what is your next drill down? A company called Latham Group with a ticker that tells everything. SWIM. Latham Group trades under the ticker SWIM, S-W-I-M. Shares rose almost 4% today. I've never heard of this company. What Coming is it? Republic in April, end of April, in a SPAC deal. And it is one of many SPACs where the shares are about to become unlocked. So owners uh, who are, and investors in the early days, some of them will be able to sell a lot of shares. Um, and so the stocks are going to get really volatile. But it's a, yet another good time to maybe take a look at the underlying business. What was interesting about this business is it's an old business. It's a 1960s business. Um, focused on, uh, well, they, they focus on the U.S., but very active in Australia and New Zealand, putting in pools. Hence the ticker. Huh. Uh, right. And indeed, if you want to get someone going on the, on the idea of uh, whether things are better, whether it's cement with a liner or fiberglass, ooh, these guys get real excited talking about fiberglass. But they're yeah. also talking about doing acquisitions to grow that top line. And for me, when I hear a company's just gone public and they're going to, pump up sales or just pumped up sales by doing a bunch of acquisitions, I get nervous, not because those acquisitions might just have hair on them, but that the growth was really about acquisitions, not about a growing industry or a rapidly successful business. It was kind of bolting on other growing businesses. What kind of pool do you have? Is yours fiberglass, that fancy pool of yours? To be honest, I don't know. Uh, well, it's been, group it's really been so long since we built it. I can't remember what it, what it is, but it is a fiberglass. chlorine pool. It's not a saltwater pool. Had they just dropped in the fiberglass pool, you'd probably remember it. Um, in oh, yeah, case, they didn't do that. Yeah. Um, Latham Group 
acquiring businesses, talking about growing through acquisition. And, and you want to listen kind of through the lines and your CFO, Mike Borseth, talking about how they're going to spend their money and how they will do tuck-in acquisitions. We're a growth company. Um, so we see tremendous opportunities to reinvest in the business. Um, so our first priority here is going to be uh, reinvesting in the organic growth of the business, and whether that's cap capital um, expansion or whether that's investment in operating expenses to better the consumer experience that they have with Latham, that will be priority number one. Um, the second priority for us is, you know, we, we have done some M&A in the past, and, and I, I think we've done it successfully. And so the, uh, the option of having some uh, add-on tuck-in type acquisitions in this space, I think is, is high. So while it's not a requirement, I think we're in a very good position to be very opportunistic and take advantage of those opportunities when they arise. That says to me like they're not done spending on acquisitions, which will help the top line, maybe eventually the bottom line, but maybe not before some of their investors get out of the way. All right, coming up next, we're going to head back down to the LD Micro Conference in Los Angeles with a really interesting company. It's Benjamin Button in a Bottle. That's that our title right there. Open. That's the title of our episode. That's Benjamin great. Benjamin Button in a Bottle, Chromadex. Yeah. It's got a magic <laughs> anti-aging pill CEO, Rob Freed. Interesting background. You're not what you'd expect from this $400 million company with a dietary supplement that's supposed to make you get younger. Talk to Rob Freed and hear him explain this business works after this. The Drill Down is brought to you by Braintrust, a global talent network that matches highly skilled technical freelancers with the world's most reputable brands. Braintrust has helped clients like Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, Porsche, Under Armour, and more build agile tech teams fast at a fraction of the cost. Visit Braintrust.com, that's B-R-A-I-N-T-R-U-S-T.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Drill Down Podcast. We are joined right now by Rob Fried, the CEO of Chromedex. Thanks for joining us here. Chromedex, I should say, uh, joining us here at the uh, LD Micro Conference here in Los Angeles. Uh, what does Chromedex do? How do you guys make money? Chromedex makes a product called True Niagen. True Niagen. It's a consumer product. You can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it on our website. You can buy it on Walmart. True Niagen is something called nicotinamide riboside, which is the safest. Easy for you to say. Yeah, right. The safest and most effective way to elevate something, a coenzyme found in all living cells called nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide, NAD. Okay. When one would want to do this because? NAD, as I say, is found in all living cells, but it's a coenzyme involved in every important metabolic function inside the cell, but most notably energy metabolism, mitochondrial function, as well as the repair of cells. These enzymes called PARP enzymes are responsible for oxidative stress elimination, uh, fixing gene damage, getting rid of inflammation. And of course, mitochondria is responsible for creating energy inside the cell, ATP, as it were. And you, you, uh, how long has this been on the market? We've been commercially available for approximately four years. Okay. And, and talk to me about sort of the growth that business, the creation of the product in itself. Where does that come from? So nicotinamide riboside as a molecule was discovered in the 1950s, but in 2003, a fairly brilliant professor at Dartmouth named Dr. Charles Brenner discovered that nicotinamide riboside has a very effective impact on NAD levels in cells. So that is very, very significant because what we've shown is that if you elevate NAD levels, you improve the cell's ability to produce energy and also repair damage. NAD levels decline quite dramatically as we age, 
or when we're under any kind of physiological stress, like we overeat, we sit in the sun, we have an infection, we experience a virus. By elevating NAD levels, you improve the cell's ability to combat those factors. And he discovered that in 2003. And this is not a, it's not a drug. It was, it's, you, you probably got, you got grass approval from the, the FDA, the general accepted as safe, which is, you know, no harm, no foul. It's not a, a the, the claims don't have to be evaluated through phase three studies like a drug would and so on. We do have phase three studies. It was a phase three study on COVID actually that came out of Turkey on a cocktail of supplements, including true niogen. There's also an orphan disease called cocaine syndrome, another one called ataxia, which are these uh, orphan diseases where children age quite rapidly. It's, it's, it's quite heartbreaking disease. And we've shown a, a, in ataxia, a human clinical therapeutic benefit in the case of uh, uh, cocaine's a preclinical study. But there is quite a bit of data on condition, age-related conditions that show a benefit from nicotinamide riboside and elevated NAD. But we sell it as a dietary supplement, not as a drug. Right. And you've done, uh, you did a lot about, uh, not a small business, you did 62 million in revenues in the last year? Yes. We only launched it in 2017, so it's growing fairly well. Now, what's the history of the business? I know that you went public through a reverse merger back in 2008 into a Nevada shell and and but have been around for for that period of time. I personally was not here at that time. Our founder is a guy named Frank Jacks. He's still the executive chairman of the board, a wonderful businessman and chemist. But he initially founded the company as an analytical testing service and then a standards testing service. And then he discovered this molecule, this ingredient, nicotinamide riboside. Initially, he got regulatory approvals for it and began supplying it. And then the board of directors decided, you know what, this is a once in a lifetime ingredient. We should develop our own consumer product. That's when I joined the company, 2017. And what had you been doing prior to that? I was in the entertainment industry for a number of years. I was a head of production at Columbia Pictures. I was a CEO of a company called Savoy Pictures. I produced a number of films, uh, Rudy, Collateral, Boondock Saints, Hoosiers, a number of films. I also had an e-commerce company in the late 90s that provided e-commerce services to most of the entertainment companies. What to, yeah, what was that company? That, was, that company was called WHN. And was that a public company at the time? No, it was a private company. Because those were, those were heady times. They were, it was a fascinating time to be an e-commerce business. And then I had a streaming service called Spirit Clips, which uh, produced a series of life-affirming stories of hope and inspiration. And we built a subscription website around that and sold it to Hallmark. It's now called Hallmark Movies Now. Oh, we See, we try to dash hopes and... Really, it's kind of grim here on the Drill Down Podcast. <laughs> but uh, so so that's a really bizarre background uh, to be leading a healthcare company. Uh, uh, you know, it's not, a, it's, again, it's, it's, a, it's a health, uh, uh, you know, diet supplement uh, company, but even then a pretty different background. What, what does that background lend to leading such a company? Well, in the late 90s, when I was operating that e-commerce company, I met another CEO who had a stem cell company that was trying to solve the problem of aging. And at the time I was a young man and wanted to stay that way. So I was particularly interested in that science and that technology. And now you're supposed to tell me you're 130 years old, right? I was. <laughs> and now look at you. Less, right. substantially less. So I've been intellectually and academically involved in the science of aging for over 20 years. And I just became aware of NAD and nicotinamide riboside and this great company in Irvine called Chromadex that had a patent portfolio around it, got involved in that company, went on the board of that company, and then became part of the new strategy to bring it to consumers. Now, you guys, um, uh, 
spent a lot of money in SGNA when I look at your financials and I see that you, presumably there's a lot of money spent into marketing of this. You had about 5% top line growth last year, which is not huge, right? Is that my look at the numbers right? You're no, looking at them no. crazy. Yeah, because you're looking at them wrong. Okay, uh, I take it back. The last 12 out of 12, trailing 12 month base, but you went from 46 million to 60 million in a year, which is a lot more than that. That's true, so but you also have to remember that there was about an 30%, 35% growth, sorry. 35% growth, but we're also transforming from a B2B business to a business to consumer D2C business. Right, I wanted to ask about that. So, so if you just simply look at the core true Niagen business, the growth has been annualized around 50% a year. What do you do to, to juice that even more? Well, I mean, what we're very, very good at is uh, basic fundamental e-commerce uh, marketing. So we sell on our website, truenigen.com, as well as Amazon. So it's, it's a mix of SEM and SEO and display ads and search engine optimization, also influencer marketing. But recently we announced a deal with Walmart. So we're now in 3,800 Walmart stores, which means in uh, concurrent with that, we're going to start doing more television and radio and traditional media advertising. Interesting. What's the demographic of your typical customer? Someone who's aging, which would be it's, everyone. It, it, it tends to be over 40. It's males who are fitness over the age of 40, and it tends to be women over the age of 50. And so where do you hit those consumers? It's interesting because that's, that's, you know, talk about SEO, and obviously people are online everywhere and people are on apps everywhere. But that, number one, that business is changing a lot. We can talk about that. And I want to talk about that. But also traditional media can still work reaching those customers. Absolutely. It's very underrated. Yeah. Uh, so so what, what does that look like and how do you measure the success of that in 2021? It's definitely more difficult to measure the success of traditional media than online. The data available in online media is fantastic, addicting, yeah. really. Yeah. Can't stop looking at it. Well, and I, I, indeed, I think that that's, I think some marketers are obs overly obsessed on it because they think they know what's happening and they ignore the things that they can't measure. It's true. You meet modern marketers today and they think it's 100% quantitative, but there is a qualitative component to it. Um, I guess the aging pills aren't working. The anti-aging pills aren't working. It sounds like you've learned something about the history of marketing and media. This is an anti-aging pill that works, though. Yeah, so um, I, I, I can't attest to that, so I won't pretend to. Well, I'll um, leave you with some. Uh, and I'll let you know. Um, so as you market this thing, talk to me about the traditional channels and how you're picking those marketing messages and, and evaluating that success if, if indeed it can't be measured. Then I want to talk about the measurable stuff. Well, we've only just begun the traditional media, and I'm talking about weeks. Yeah. So it's difficult to assess its efficacy at this point in time. But there are a number of, of, of celebrities and influencers, and particularly athletes, that have come across TrueNage and have taken it, have contacted us. So the influencers that we're using are people not that we reached out to, but they reached out to us. Such as? Uh, Shannon Sharp is a guy, for example, who said he started taking it, it changed his life, it changed his workout, so... We decided to shoot a spot with him, and we're starting to show that. Ryan Lochte, you know who he is? Uh, the swimmer. Fantastic swimmer, but yeah. he almost made the Olympics at the age of 36 this year. Yeah. He had reached out to us and said that he was taking it, it changed his workouts. Huh. Brooke Burke, do you know who she is? She's a fitness. She sat next to us at dinner the other day. <laughs> we had the, well, the lucky team you. on Monday. <laughs> yes, she looks fantastic. She does indeed. She literally sat next to the drill down team when we were at the Sunset Tower the other night. And she's kind of brilliant, too. Yeah, no doubt. Well, she was taking, she contacted us. So, I mean, it's mostly people that, and it's a fairly extraordinary group of people who are achieving amazing things l later in life and who look great and act great and are performing great that have reached out to us. And these are the people that we've made deals with as influencers.
And the notion is maybe put them in spots. What, what, is, what does print look like for you? Is that an advertising medium that's interesting? Not yet, but I think it will be. Have you considered podcasts? No, sorry, that's a selfish question. Okay, so let me ask about the measured stuff because, you know, this is something I'm starting to explore a lot as well. But, you know, it's a very interesting time for the SEO business, the search engine optimization business, because of the changes that Apple is insisting on as it relates to cookies and some changes that Google has also uh, implemented that are nowhere near as, as extreme. Um, what do you plan to do and what are you seeing in that business right now? Because you can't measure things like you used to. It's true and it's not knowable yet. We're just taking it day by day and seeing its impact, particularly on Facebook. Yeah, I was going to say, would you advertise less on Facebook and Instagram? We're taking it day by day. Right now, it seems to be converting well. Okay. Continue to convert well, but we'll see. Like conversion rates are the same as they were before the cookie change and so on? So far. Yeah, interesting. Because I, I, I'm curious about what that's going to mean for those businesses and all the other businesses that are using that as a principal form of marketing. Indeed, there are marketers who have been working in their field for a reasonable amount of time. And it's all they've ever known is marketing on Facebook. I agree. We are aware of it. We're watching it. But as I said, we are starting to buy more traditional media. And would, uh, is your cost of buying that media so much lower now because so much media has gone towards online and towards apps? Well, the cost of television media is much lower than it was. Yeah. It's still quite expensive, but it really is a question of how you buy, not what you buy. And what's, uh, you mean, uh, how you buy in terms of uh, the channels that it's on or how localized it is or so on? Yeah, and how much preference you require. In other words, if you allow the purchase to take place at the last minute and you allow some flexibility, you can get some good deals. Well, how do you measure it? What's the, what are the metrics that you keep track of? Well, it's very difficult to measure the relationship between television, advertising, and sales. No one said this was going to be easy. Right. Well, we're struggling through it. <laughs> The best way is to simply just track sales before and track sales after. And that's, I know it's a traditional metric and not nearly as good as what we get in e-commerce, but it still works. Oh, really? So, could, but you can't actually see like, cool, we ran this spot for three days and our sales are up 0.5%. You can actually see that. Another thing you can do is sometimes you can put a promo code in there. Right. And if they visit a website and put in the promo code, it's direct attribution. Very interesting stuff. Um, Rob, I enjoyed uh, talking to you. This is an interesting company, Rob Fried is the CEO of Chromadex. Glad to have you on. Well, coming up, we're going to have the Drill Down Bite, the one number that tells us a whole lot about Chromadex right after this. The Drill Down is brought to you by Era. With Era, give yourself an information advantage. Connect directly to earnings calls and other investor events with live transcription and event intelligence. That's Era, A-I-E-R-A.com. And you can listen to the Drill Down every day on your smart speaker. Asset Smart Speaker to play the Drill Down podcast and listen to our latest show. And let us know what companies you think we should be drilling down on. Talk to us on Twitter and Instagram by following at Drill Down Pod and connect with us directly on our website, bizpod.net. All right, we're back with the Drill Down Bite, that one number that tells us a whole lot. Isaac Chromadex. Well, here's your number one. Okay, what's one? One is the number of companies that's engaged, who are engaged in a substantial and complex litigation with Chromadex. Chromadex is involved in a complex, and I won't get into it too deeply, but there's another company called Elysium Health. Uh, that we is, know Elysium. We've talked about Elysium a few times. That has, a, I think, a different Elysium. But Elysium oh, Health okay. um, is uh, uh, engaged in a litigation back and forth and forth and back with Chromadex about uh, the technologies behind their 
their product and their NADs, true niogen, whatever, um, the magic pills. Their magic youth pill. They, it's a magic youth pill, which is not, it was approved by the FDA for dietary use. I mean, listen, it's got some promising results. Does if it? you, if you look on Amazon to this product, thousands of people give it five stars. How many of those people are people? Do you know any of those people? I haven't looked into it. I have to, but you okay. can ask Amazon. Uh-huh. Verified users. In any case, uh, the outcome of those suits could, quote, materially harm our business, says Chromadex, could harm the results of operations, could harm their financial condition, could harm their cash flows. But he seemed like a nice guy. I'd hate to see any harm come to that business. Isaac Webster is our executive producer sitting across the table from me here in Los Angeles at the LD, LD Micro Conference. Glad to have him. Ben Wilson, nice to see you too. Here in LA, he is our editor extraordinaire. The Drill Down is a production of the Business Podcast Network.